you're listening to the Trinity Podcast. We are a multi-site church in the Chicago area whose mission is to help you look, live, and love more like Jesus. Well, good morning, Trinity. How are you? Doing well? Good to be with you this morning. My name is Roy, and I get to serve as the site pastor here at Trinity Church Green Trails, where we are one church in multiple locations where our passion and our mission is to help others look, live, and love like Jesus. Um, If I haven't been able to say hello, or if you're a guest, uh, we do have a gift card that we would love to give you as a guest. Um, We'd love to buy you a cup of coffee, even though we've got great coffee in the cafe. Um, So when you're out and about, uh, we would love that to be a gift for you. If you fill out a Connect card, um, I would love to be able to to respond to it and again, welcome you to Trinity, um, just in the same way that you've welcomed me and my family here as well. So we are continuing on this series that we're calling Walking with the King, where we're looking at the Gospel of Mark, seeing the life of Jesus through the account of Mark's Gospel here. And today we're going to be looking at the topic of fear and faith, where we're going to be hanging out in Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 5 together this morning. And in thinking of fear and faith, I think it's so interesting because in fear, we fear a lot of things that we have seen. And then we also fear things that we haven't seen. Like, for example, um, I fear roaches. I've seen them and I fear them. I don't like them. I've heard here, someone said that in Illinois, we don't see a lot of those big water bug cockroaches. But in Texas, I swear they're as big as the state and they fly around and they bite. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm out. I've seen them and I fear them because I hate them. God, forgive me. I really, really do. But I also fear things that I haven't seen. Like, I've never seen a great white shark while snorkeling. I know they're out there. I haven't seen them, but I fear them. I fear them coming while we're snorkeling. That would be terrifying. But also in faith. I have faith in things that I have seen. Like when I sit down on that chair, I have no fear uh, that that chair is going to withstand my weight, right? But I also have faith in a God who I've never physically seen. I've never physically touched. I I have faith in this God and that he loves me so very much. Fear and faith. Have you ever noticed how little children, they have so much faith in us and trust in adults, especially their parents. As, as toddlers, um, before they can even crawl, we, we throw them high up into the air, right? And they trust that we're going to catch them. And so we do. We throw them up higher and higher and higher in the air and laughter ensues them. They have no fear that we are going to catch them. They trust us. They have faith in us. I love hearing Lively say, Daddy, uh, help me hold my hand as she walks down the stairs or is crossing the street. They have no fear about me. They, they trust me. They have faith in me. And then as we move on into adulthood, don't we still need this trust that in the chaos of this world, with darkness spiraling all around us, with fears of disease and and impending death, don't we need to have this faith and trust that everything is gonna be okay? God, we need it to be okay. Are we going to be all right? 
in this fear of uncertainty that we have, oftentimes it, lead, it leads us to start trusting in other things and in other people. And so uh, maybe we start to put our trust maybe in like a, a political party or a politician to help create and maintain peace in this chaotic world. Or, or we put trust in knocking on wood to help keep spiritual darkness at bay. Or, or maybe we pump our bodies with drugs and even a cocktail of vitamins and fish oil. I don't know if you've ever smelled that, but it's gross um, to help keep us from disease and sickness. I don't know if there's any other parents out there who just OD on airborne to keep those school bugs away, but we certainly do. And then is there not fear of our own death, especially the death of our children, those who we love? What if I told you that all of that fear can be consumed by a faith Faith in a person who loves you so much that they came and they lived and they did miraculous signs and wonders, not for fame and not for fortune, but because the Father God sent him to do the work to seek and to save the lost. What if our fear turned to faith and trust in a person who would drive out all of our fears. What if I told you that this person is here right now, ready to overwhelm your fears with amazing love? I love how every Sunday we get to introduce you to the person of Jesus by looking at the scriptures and singing incredible songs about his love for us. Today, through the Gospel of Mark, we're going to see Jesus, the only one who wants our doubts and he wants our fears so that he can turn them into faith and trust in him. And as he does, he begins to overwhelm our fears with his love our Jesus. And so we're going to be checking out Mark chapter four and five. If you want to go ahead and turn there with me now um, and let me open up our time in prayer as you do. God, thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you that your presence is here right now with us, Lord. Would you be uh, preparing our heart, soul, and mind to receive from your word of truth? And Lord, would you forgive me of my sins because you know that they are many. But God, thank you that you're so faithful and you're so just to forgive us of our sins every time we come before your throne of grace. I pray for that truth over all of us here listening today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So yeah, Mark chapter 4 and chapter 5, there's some amazing things, incredible things that are going on here. See, Jesus, through this gospel, he's addressing some of humanity's most deepest fears. See, today, through the scriptures that we're looking at, um, we're going to see four debilitating fears that we wrestle with today and that we've been wrestling with, I think, since, uh, since the fall. And we're going to be able to behold the one who's greater than all we can fear in this world. Again, we're going to be looking at chapter 4, starting in verse 35, and then we're going to move all the way through uh, chapter 5, verse 43. That's about 50 verses that we're going to be reading together. So just hang on here just for a moment. If you need to use the restroom, this is a great time for a bathroom break. Um, the message is streaming out in the cafe as well, so you won't miss out. Just kidding. I know that's like a lot to read. Uh, so what I want us to do is just kind of point out um, the point of today's message. See, Mark is this literary genius. 
Because again, what he's doing is he's addressing humanity's greatest fears and he's showing us how our Jesus consumes them and he offers us his peace through these real life scenarios that we're gonna look at here in the gospels. And so check out the first one with me again in verse 35 of chapter four. It's that famous scene where Jesus is calming the sea. Um, what's happening is the disciples are trying to get to the other side and the storm just ensues them like they're it, it, those the storms are raging and there's wind and there's waves everywhere and kind of try to imagine what the disciples are going through as they're on this boat with Jesus I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the carnival cruise TikTok videos uh, with the seas crashing into the boat and and like live lobster kind of just flying everywhere it, it's it's something like that going on with the disciples and, and I don't know they might be in a boat that's probably a, as nice as the carnival cruise line. I don't know. I've never been on one before, but I've heard that it's also known as the Spirit Airlines of the Sea. Uh, again, I don't know. Haven't been on one. Jackie is like anti-boats. She does not like boats, so I decided to propose to her on a boat. Um, we can talk about that later if you want to hear that story, maybe over cocktail hour. But what, what's happening here, again, is the storm is raging, and Jesus, he's taking a nap and he's taking a nap, right, because Jesus, he literally has no fear because he's Jesus. And the disciples are like, man, this dude's asleep and we're over here freaking out. And so they go to Jesus and they ask him, teacher, do you not care that we're over here freaking out and we're all going to die? Jesus, you included, we're going to die on this boat together. How do you not care about that? And I love how Mark writes it. He says something to the effect of Jesus wakes up and, and wipes the drool from his mouth and the sleep in his eyes. And he looks over to the storm and he says to the storm, simmer down now, simmer down. And so the storm does exactly that. It calms down. And then once it does, Jesus looks to the disciples and he asks them, he says, why do you still not have faith in me yet? Why do you still not have faith? Uh, you'll remember that as the storm was raging, again, the disciples, they asked the age-old question, I think, that all of us um, breathing have perhaps asked at one point or, or another where we look up at the sky and there's chaos going on around us and we say, God, where are you? What's going on? Do you care that we're all down here suffering? What are you doing up there? Can you please stop the chaos? And I believe that at the heart of what the disciples were asking Jesus, at the heart of what we're asking God when this happens, is God, where are you? Because this is all too much for me to handle. It's too much, it's too overwhelming, and I don't see any sort of end in sight. You see, this doom and gloom believe, it then becomes the enemy of faith, where we begin to doubt in the God who we believe in, or we use this doom and gloom belief to fuel our agnosticism or our atheism. You see, in our lives, it is true that we get sucked into the chaos of the world around us or the chaos that we've created for ourselves, or, or we start to worry about the unknowns for tomorrow. We start to stress out about the seen and the unseen. We, we start to stress out about what we can't control, and so we try to control everything and everyone, and our Jesus says, I know. 
I know and I do care. I'm here, would you just trust in me? Don't doubt me, I can and I will ease your momentary suffering with a peace that passes all understanding. You see, Jesus, he shows us his power over the chaos in this world and he calms our raging fears. Do you believe that? As he continues on in the next scene, we now find ourselves in Mark chapter five as he's continuing on this journey that Mark is taking us on with him now. And here Jesus is showing his power over the fear that we might have of spiritual darkness and forces. Right here is the story of the demon-possessed man. And I kind of wonder if you're thinking as a sophisticated Westerner, like, ha, spiritual darkness, how silly. Um, That's not really relevant for today and to which makes me think about you like wasn't that you just knocking on wood the other day or didn't I see you uh, sprinkle salt over your shoulder Um, isn't that you who wears uh, your lucky pair of underwear for a Bears game that now becomes your unlucky pair and it's like I know I get it again remember I'm a Cowboys fan misery loves company I know what that's like but seriously though we've got this scene going on where Jesus encounters a man who's a cutter. His mind is at battle with himself. He's suffering in his own mind. You know, when the enemy gets a hold of our mind, we can handle physical pain, right? But, but the battle of our minds, we can't escape that. Praise God for modern science uh, that's helping through uh, therapy and medicine. But right here in this particular story, there's something greater going on here. The scriptures say that there's actually a legion of Satan's minutemen who are attacking this demon-possessed man, and they recognize Jesus. And so Jesus, he shows his power over the forces of evil and he drives out that darkness out of that man. He's got power over the dark forces of this world. I wonder, what is it? What's the darkness that you fear? What is it that's debilitating you? What is it that's keeping you up at night? Our God, he's got power power over addiction. He's got power over darkness. He's got power over invisible spiritual darkness that tries to control our mind and our body and our soul. So Jesus, he drives out the demons from that man. And that man's testimony, it brings many people to faith in Jesus. He's got power over darkness. Do you believe that? And so we continue on in the story with Mark and Jesus, as he is on his journey, um, he starts to address now our fears over disease and sickness. We're in verse 25 of chapter five now where the woman with the issue of blood finds Jesus. And she sees that there's this crowd of hundreds, maybe even thousands surrounding Jesus, but she knows that she has to get to him. And so she crawls through the crowd to get to Jesus. This woman knew that if she could just get to Jesus and even just touch the hem of his garment, that she would be healed. And so this woman makes her way through the crowd. No doubt it was her fear that, or it was her faith that got her there. And she touches Jesus' robe and instantly, Mark says, instantly she was healed. To which Jesus then says, who touched me? 
Right here in the scriptures, we see that this woman is overcome with fear when Jesus asks that question. She's now trembling when she says, Jesus, I know what you're talking about. It was me who pulled your healing power from you. But in perfect Jesus fashion, Mark tells us that Jesus replies in verse 34, and he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your disease will never come back for you. You see here, Jesus, he faces our fear of disease by showing us his power over it. Do you believe that? As this healing miracle happened, Jesus was actually on his way to a synagogue leader's house. That synagogue leader's name is Jairus. And Jairus's 12-year-old daughter is about to die. And so he asked Jesus, would you be willing to come to, to my house and heal my daughter? And Jesus says, of course I will. I'll make my way over to your little girl. I mean, imagine the fear of this poor father. Jesus now, he's addressing our fear of death. I mean, we would do anything for our kids, right? Uh, this man's daughter, she's facing death. She's on her deathbed. I mean, as parents, do we not try to create like safe bubbles for our kids? I mean, we're even putting them on leashes these days, right? I used to be super judgy about that, by the way, until I became a parent. Now I get it. We haven't had to do that yet, but I totally get it in parking lots. I swear I'm like the inspector gadget. Uh, I see where all the cars are. Uh, I try to anticipate what their next move is going to be. Like parents, when are we going to quit being on high alert all the time? I've got my mom in Texas who's never been in snow before or driven in it whenever we have bad weather. She's like calling me and giving me a point by point on how to drive in the snow. I'm like, thanks, mom, but you've never even driven in snow. But keep doing it, mom. Thank you for that. Giving me tips on how to drive in the snow. We've never even, we're Texans. But we love our kids. We never want them in pain. We always want to take it away from them. Imagine even more so our heavenly father. But again, here we have Jarius. Again, he's about to lose his daughter. And having lost my dad, I can't imagine a worse thing to have to experience in losing your child. I mean, Jackie and I lost two kids in miscarriage. My cousin, she just buried her two-year-old daughter. I mean, what a nightmare. And so here we have Jesus. He's making his way over to Jarius's house. And as he gets closer to the house, someone runs out to them and they say, Jarius, it's too late. Your daughter's already dead. Let Jesus just carry on. Wow. Well, Jesus continues to walk into the house. And as he does, there's wailing and there's crying. And Jesus looks at them and he says, your daughter is not dead. She's only sleeping. Well, Mark tells us that the people in the house, they start laughing at Jesus. They're laughing at him. And does that faze him? Not in the least, because he knows the power of his name. And so he goes to that little girl and he takes her lifeless hand and he says to her, Talitha Kumi, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately, friends, immediately she gets up and she walks. And everyone in the house, they're filled with not fear, they're filled with amazement. Jesus says, do you fear death? Do you fear the death of those who you love? He says, I've got power over those fears. Jesus is greater. Do you believe that? See, here in these accounts are some of humanity's most greatest fears. 
And we see the power of Jesus over them. In the storms in our life with Jesus, peace. In spiritual darkness with Jesus, they flee. With sickness and disease, our Jesus is our healer and our sustainer. With death, Jesus is life. Our mighty king, he chooses to use his mighty power over us and on our behalf. Jesus says, you don't have to fear your present circumstance, only Believe. Just believe. There's something really interesting that happens here in these four accounts. I wonder if you caught it. I want to talk about it here just real quick. Do you remember um, that in these accounts, when Jesus would perform a miracle, the people were fearful of Jesus? The disciples, remember, they feared Jesus as he calmed the storm. The people, they feared Jesus uh, when the, demon, when the demons uh, fled that man. They, asked, they actually asked Jesus to leave their town. They were so scared of him. The woman, she feared Jesus and she was trembling. They feared him. And who wouldn't, right? When you see someone uh, wield this supernatural power, like who wouldn't be overcome with fear? That must be why the Proverbs writer would say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But Jesus says, you don't have to fear me. He says, just believe. Wow, right here, Jesus is saying, I am the one thing in all of creation that you should fear. And the one person in all of creation, you don't have to fear. We don't have to fear him. Why? Because he loves us. And he is for us. He uses all of his awesome power to calm the chaos, to cast out darkness, to bring healing, to raise us to new life. He uses all of his power to take on all of the fears in this world and he can turn them upside down. In his upside down kingdom, that's really right side up because we were never created to fear. We were always created to walk with God in the cool of the day with no fear, just faith and just trust like our young children do with us. And so our savior Jesus says, he says, you don't have to fear me, just believe. You see in Jesus, Mark show, shows us that in this world, in the face of all of the different what ifs, Jesus says, even if. He says, even if the forces of chaos and disease and death and spiritual forces come for you, he says, even if I will be your light, I will be your healing, I will be your peace so that when you're in the waiting room, waiting to get that oncology report, Jesus says, I'm right there with you. Even when you're in that room as your loved one is breathing their last breath, Jesus says, just like I was holding Jairus' daughter's hand, just surely as he was holding even Jairus' hand, he says, I am holding your hand hand. You're going to be okay because I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you because he was already forsaken for us. Do you remember when he said it on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the father says so that we will never forsake them. I mean, what love, 
And even today, our God leaves his heavenly throne because he chooses to dwell in our midst, bringing with him all of his majesty and all of his power. And our God exercises it freely over us, over us. Why? Because he loves you. Do you believe that? Friends, watch what happens when you believe. There's no greater place to be. There's no greater companion than our mighty King. Come what may, even if. Let Jesus prove his overwhelming love for you. Don't fear. Just believe. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for your word of truth. And God, thank you for your action of truth. Lord, thank you that you prove time and time again just how much you love us and how much you are for us. Lord, I pray that if there's any of us in this room that are having difficulty just believing in who you say you are, would you prove to them that you love them? God, would you remind us of that, Lord? When we do look up at the sky, when we look up at the heavens and we say, God, where are you? God, in that moment, would you just overwhelm us with your presence and remind us that, yeah, you will never leave us and you will not forsake us. That you will never leave us orphaned. God, thank you for that word of truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Trinity Podcast. We hope this week's message encouraged you to consider the claims of Jesus in a new way. And we would love to have you join us for worship on the weekend. To find a location near you, visit www.tlc4u.org.